Welcome, everybody. My name is Ken Seaton, co-founder of Athletes Touch with Justin Blaine. Welcome to the Tower of Power podcast that we've got coming at you right now. We're an exclusive community helping former pro and college athletes in the business world get ready to rocket fuel your ship, professionally speaking. I'm here. Justin, go ahead and take it away. If you like great stories, sports, and success, you're in the right place. Buckle up and join us for a great ride. Come listen to Nathan Corbett tell the story of his journey from schoolyard fight to 11-time world Muay Thai champion. Listen as he describes the mindset of what it takes to be the man with the golden elbows. This is going to be off the hook. Check it out. And Nathan, we're so appreciative of you coming on. Uh, tell us you know, just a little bit about yourself, Nathan, and then we're going to kind of jump into some questions here. Yeah, well, good morning, everyone, and it's lovely to be on air with, uh, I guess, in a lot of ways, like-minded people since those, those on, the, on here are all former athletes um, at higher levels, what, what, what not. But um, just a brief little, I guess, bio on myself. Well, I started martial arts at the age of uh, 14. Um, I first uh, dived into karate, traditional martial art, in the beginning, and then Throughout those first six years of my martial arts career, I also um, found Muay Thai, uh, which is Thai boxing from Thailand, when I was 16. So I was kind of cross-training between the both. By the time I got to 20, I was like, I think I'm going to give this uh, Muay Thai all of my time and my attention after I'd finished school and um, really just went for it. So then over the, over the next uh, sort of 13 years from there, 15 years from there, I ended up um, becoming 11-time world champion in three different weight divisions. Yes, I ended up having 64 fights with 60 wins and 42 knockouts. So my fight name is Carnage. Um, so the 42 knockouts uh, speaks for itself there. <laughs> was famous uh, for my elbow striking and aggressive style of fighting. So that's sort of my fight career. I retired at uh, the end of 2008. 14 when I turned 35 just sort of woke up one day and uh the body just didn't want to do what it used to do so I had to end up trying to you know figure out the rest of my life from that day on that's awesome Nathan I, I want to kind of take it back a little bit to that that fight you know, I heard about that fight in high school that kid what happened in that fight yeah yeah well, th- th- I guess that's the beginning of the journey um so yeah I was just at school um had a, a former friend i call him a former friend <laughs> um a little jealous about just you know us getting together and maybe him not being invited as a little push and shove and all of a sudden just you know throws a right hand and hits me and then um the fight really pretty much got broken up within like seconds after that and it was more the impression that had on my emotions um that day when i was riding my bike home from school that sort of set this massive wave um, of effect out where I then went home I was like okay well that didn't feel good emotionally like physically it really didn't even I don't even remember physical there was not even a, a mark so it was more like an emotional wave that sort of ricocheted internally and then was like okay well how am I going to overcome that how am I going to conquer that how am I going to you know fill that gap up inside me tell, tell us a little bit about you know what got into you at that moment yeah, this actual particular person had been doing boxing 
Um, so naturally, my first you know thought was I need to learn how to box. You know, that's what I'm gonna that's what I'm gonna do. And, and just before that, like I was a cool kid. I was never bullied. You know, everyone loved me. And um, so I went home and said, um, I, I think I called my dad. My dad wasn't living with me, but I messaged my dad and said I want to I want to learn how to box. You know. And he said to me, no, that's a, that's a mug sport. You know, I don't want you boxing. So I, at 14, I didn't really understand, you know, kind of what he, what he meant by that. But he just had that, you know, impression around boxing being a little bit, obviously, more rough and whatnot. So then it must have meant to have been because within that same time period, my mum had been to a restaurant and she got this one month free training at a karate school. It was like some kind of like promotion that they had going on. And it just must have meant to be my journey because this this martial arts certificate. I said, well, okay, that's 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 going to be the road. That's that's the one. And my dad had done karate when he was a teenager, so then he was all about it. So then he ended up joining this karate school with me. So the first few years of my journey, we we did it together. And um, so I started with karate, which you know, when I look back, that was the best, the biggest blessing of my life because I wasn't necessarily looking to learn how to fight to go and punch someone, I was just learning how to like, you know, become strong and, and feel confident, whatever. And I think martial arts, one of the best things for that as a vehicle and not to mention also martial arts, meaning, you know, traditional arts, not just a fighting art, but a traditional art has a lot of values around respect, honor, integrity, and all these aspects that I really, 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 you know, hold as a, as a high thing in my life. That's, that's a pretty cool story. When did the, the sort of transition go, come where you sort of, you know, I don't even know how it works, but where all of a sudden you were like, okay, I'm in karate, but now I, I, I'm really actually interested in Muay Thai. Maybe take us through that. How old were you and what happened at that moment? Yes. Yeah, so like I said, I, was, I started at 14 and 16, I, um, I found a Muay Thai coach. So I started cross training the two. I was doing two nights a week this, two nights a week with that. And then, like I said, when I was 20, I decided that I wanted to move away from the karate and, and give my time to a kickboxing Muay Thai gym. That was 2000, year 2000. So by, by the end of 2000, I ended up becoming um, the amateur, you know, Queensland, which was my state in Australia champion. Fast forward a few more years, here I am in 2000, I get this belt. And I was like, wow, I've got this belt. Never really imagined that, you know, I'd be able to do that. So then it wasn't until 2001 in March, um, they offered me my first professional fight with elbows, which is what I loved. I thought, I mean, I was training with elbows, but I never knew I was going to be amazing at them. And it was a professional title. So I won that. So I feel like it was really like 2000 was kind of like the, the, the beginning of that journey. But when I won my first title in 2001 as a professional, um, with full tight rules, which is, you know, elbows to the face. And uh, that was that time I was like, okay, well, there's nothing else in my life that is, is, is attractive to me. There's nothing else going on in my personal life. There's nothing going in my in my business or anything else that's, you know, moving me away from this attention of full focus. And now I'm the Australian professional champion um, after seven fights. So I was like, okay. This looks like the way the path forward for me. Got it. Let's talk a little bit about the emotions, Nathan, that you have, you know, right before you go into a fight. 
yeah, yeah, that's a, it's kind of a feeling that's uh, almost hard to, you know, sort of describe in words. It's a mixture of emotions of like, you know, a little bit of doubt, like a little bit of fear, a little bit of excitement, a little bit of like all these things going on because you're excited because you're going into a fight. Your body is telling you that you're going into a fight. So you have this, you know, a feeling that's flushing through the body. So the, 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 it's a mixed emotion of thoughts, you know, like I might be answering two questions at once, but in that moment, because a lot of people ask me how they overcome, you know, that, that fear and how they overcome that feeling of like self-doubt in those times. It's just like, well, it's, you have to just go back to the original question of why you're even there. Like, what am I doing this for? Like, why do I want to be here? What's my desires? And then once you answer that question to yourself, you go, okay, well, that's what I want. That's what my desire is. So you just have to also almost put aside that thought and just go and get it. In the, in the moniker, the golden elbows, um, yeah. how did that come down? Yeah, so in 2003, I got my first world title opportunity. And it was a guy from Canada and he come over and I, I knocked him out with this, the baddest elbow ever, like in um, the first round, like two minutes 30, just big elbow over the top, boom, hit him on the nose, knocked him. He was asleep before he even hit the floor. It was pretty bad. In January of 2004, they launched this mag. They had a magazine called International Kickboxer. So then, then that just come out front cover, the man with the golden elbows. So it kind of just stuck from that moment. And then I just went on a tear for the next 10 years and was undefeated as a world champion from that day for 2003 or 2013. I never lost a world title fight. Then how did you get the name The Carnage? Yeah, just 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 winning some fights in that kind of formality. And then one of my, I didn't have a fight name, you know, it was just Nathan Corbett. And one night we're just, uh, after a fight, driving home in a little mini bus with a whole group of us after I'd just won and, one of the fighters that was part of the part owner of the gym and also a little bit of a trainer of mine. Um, he just come up with that name and it just stuck, just stuck like blue and couldn't have been, and couldn't have been more perfect for me. So let's, let's, you know, we like to think about mindset, you know, and obviously, you know, you're great. You learn, you learn the sport and you became a champion, but we're interested in the mindset um, what was your mindset, literally? Like, what were you thinking and how did you create a mindset of being a champion? Yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah, mindset is everything, you know, and uh, as a fighter, we knew, you know, as a fighter, you hear this so much, like, you know, it's 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 80% mind, it's 20% physicality. Um, but while you're fighting, it's like 100% physicality because all you're doing is training and grinding and smashing. My mindset I guess it come from a place of like, there was two, so there was two factors like, of like where it started and then where it went. So in the beginning, when I, when I talked about my journey from 14 to let's just say 20, when I started my fight career, um, the first uh, six years of that, the mindset was around, okay, I'm doing this because I want to, you know, develop this, you know, inner strength i want to feel like i'm a man i want to feel like i'm protector so that was kind of my mission and that was my you know desire for the first six years of my life and then when i got into my fight career at 20 to 21 my next desire was that i don't want to be average i don't want to live an average life i don't want to be i just don't want to be i want to i want to excel i want to do something great and because I never really had an education, like I didn't do well at school, no one really helped me with school, and I just wasn't really, just didn't, it wasn't attractive to me, and I just 
felt like it wasn't for me. And then um, I found that vehicle, not knowing that martial arts was going to be my vehicle when I started, but I found that vehicle that maybe that's something I can be great at. And maybe if I can be great at this, then I can really expand and become more than just average and live an extraordinary existence within this world. So, so that was my next reason for my desire. And the reason why I attached that to the mindset is because that mindset was the reason why basically I never lost the fight. I mean, I lost four fights out of 64 and two of them were like not really losses and two of them were, were good, were, were losses. And I never lost, like I said, a world title fight. Like when it was elbows and it was a world title fight and there was everything on the line, I never lost it. And it was, the mindset, because the reason why I didn't lose it, is as I stepped into that ring, especially after I got my first belt, now, now, now I'm defending that belt. I'm defending, every time I fought after that, I'm defending the right to, to, have, to have had that belt. So then when I went for my next world title, I'm not... I always went in there with, yeah, I'm fighting for a new belt and a new division, but yet I'm really just fighting for the belt I've already got because I, I refuse to allow someone else to be a world champion when I'm still fighting. Therefore, I wouldn't be great. I'd be average because you're not going to be great if you're not a world champion. You're going to be average. So that was the mindset. And I guess because I was so, it was such a deep desire to try and excel in life and that was my vehicle that I wasn't going to give it away. So when I stepped in the ring, it was it was it wasn't personal, but I I, I it looked like I hated them because I didn't, couldn't care less about them. I, I'd knock people out, leave them on the ground, just walk off. Like I didn't even step, didn't even go over and see if they were okay. So it was a pretty savage mindset and was pretty strong. Um, but that 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 worked for me in, in my fight career at least. And uh, it, it has to come from that. You know, you, you can either ask yourself the question, "What's my why?" You know, or, or, or what is what I desire, you know, is another word to use for it. If that's strong enough, that's what gets you out of the bed in the morning when it's cold to go for a run. That's what keeps you going. That's awesome, uh, Nathan, for sharing all that. And Welcome to the intermission. Kent, who's this group for? Is it for Super Bowl champs? Shaq. How about cross-country skiers? Shaq. How about Olympic synchronized swimmers? Triple check. So it sounds like anybody who has an athlete's mindset or mentality could qualify here. Quadruple check, Justin. This group is a rocket fuel powered community for former athletes to use their state of mind to succeed in the sport of business. And I want to talk a little bit about just because we're all, you know, former athletes here. What, tell me a little bit about your training. Like, what did you train? Like, give us a real glimpse into the world of training for Nathan. How hard were you training? As far as hours goes, it wasn't a, like a long day. So, you know, doing like a lot of hours. Like, because Muay Thai training, Muay Thai fighting, you know, I, I, I decided to drop like long distance running out um, around 2003. I just said, you know, my body doesn't like, road running so i just said i'm not going to road run i just went mainly for like sprint training explosive powerful stuff and as i started my fight career i also wanted to be you know bigger than i was when i began when i began so i got into weight training that's why i become actually three times world champion in three different weight divisions you know so i was like this weight this weight and this weight but before that i was actually 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 have five 
different weight divisions since I started my toe boxing career. So I went up five different weight divisions from my amateur belt to my Australian belts to my world title belts all the way through. So I was always into, you know, weight training and building muscle mass and powerful explosive stuff. So my training was um, quite aggressive, quite explosive um, and, and more short and intense. Of course, the fight training in the afternoons would go for a long time because you're at the gym, you're doing shadow boxing, you're doing bag work, you're doing pad work. You might be doing some sparring or some technique work and then that kind of business. But in the mornings, I'd really, I'd keep it really like explosive. It worked for me because I think carnage was explosive. My fight style was explosive. So I would do, you know, track sprints, hill sprints, beach sprints in the summer you know, and, and, and bodybuilding weight training and also um, some plyometric explosive weight training. And then, like I said, in the evenings when I was hitting pads, it wasn't just like playing. It was just like ripping them apart. And what do you, what do, you do now in terms of training physically? Are you still able to do some stuff? Are you biking? Yeah, my, the, the training I do now is, is really simple. Like I just I, – I, um, I, I love weight training. It just keeps my body just feeling tight, keeps it feeling strong. And at the moment, because of COVID, I went back to um, full-time coaching and personal training. So, you know, I'm training with clients. I'm moving around. I'm always sort of moving within my body, hitting them back and forth. So it's, it's, it's not like grinding out on a bag and smashing pads, pads and bags, but it keeps me my reactive timing and my speed and my, my movement and my eye in. So that's the most important part of my training. So, Got it, got it. Let's yeah. say that you, were, you had a five-year-old Nathan Corbett in front of you right now. What would you tell him? A five-year-old. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I, I, I honestly, the the biggest thing that I would I would tell him is that you know, like, to take life a little bit less serious. Um, I think for me, like, I've taken life, you know, very serious, very intensely, because I felt that was my only vehicle to be able to, you know, to move forward in life is to do it with in, with intensity and. So I just would say, take a deep breath, breathe out, and um, you know, don't take it so seriously. Which doesn't mean be a be a you know, be a crazy clown and just you know, be an idiot and don't do anything you know successful or do do anything with uh, respect. But at the same time, um, you know, life just passes by, and when I look look at my fight career now that it's over and it's over forever, there's so much time throughout that career that I, I, I mean, I. I did so super well, but I probably could have enjoyed a little bit more of certain parts of it if I wasn't so like, like I need to just do this and no, I can't drink that. No, I can't do this. No, I can't be like that. No, I have to do this. And, but that was just me trying to survive, you know, like, you know, I didn't have anyone to back me up in life. So I just thought, okay, I've got to do it myself. So that was probably just the mechanism of survival on just uh, how I felt like it needed to be done. Yeah, no, that, that, that makes a lot of sense. You, you mentioned, you know, at the beginning, you know, you started with karate and it taught you a lot, you know, sort of, you know, mentally or you know, things like that. What, what would you say it, it taught you from like, you know, again, more of the soft arts, not the physical side to it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm naturally, you know, if I was to sit and be honest with myself and those who know me truly, I'm more naturally at just a, a soft person i'm very sensitive um kind kind of sort of sort of soft-hearted person even though like i can be that person um i can be carnage if i need to be and i can 
be assertive if I need to be, but my more nature is more gentle. Um, so the martial arts, you know, especially traditional martial arts, if they're taught right from the right teachers, it teaches a lot, a, a lot more about values versus just pure savagery of just, you know, being, you know, being violent and, and things like that. So talk about, uh, Nathan, how driven your post career, uh, you know, sort of transition in, in, in how's that flowing and where are you flowing to and what are you finding you like those kinds of things? Yeah. Yeah. The hardest thing, um, the hardest thing for me right now in my life is exactly like since I finished fighting and I woke up the other day, I was not, I don't know if I woke up, it was one point of my day. I was just like, okay, Nathan, when's this going to end? You know, like you finished fighting six, seven years ago. <laughs> when are you going to know exactly what you're going to do with your life? And when, <laughs> when are you just going to take that seat and do it? What I love to do is uh, TV work. I love to get on to commentating. Um, obviously doing seminars throughout the country and maybe some train some some mixed martial artists or fighters for UFC. Um, so I've done a lot of seminars. Uh, then I started training MMA fighters, but then I soon realized that that's not really what I want to do with my life is to, to, to train MMA fighters. And then I got on to Lion Fight, which is a Muay Thai promotion in America. We had a contract with CBS Sport. We were doing uh, shows on CBS Sport. We also were going... Uh, to different countries like Sweden and Italy and Ireland as well as all around America. So I was loving the commentating and being on TV again. It kind of felt good to be on TV, to be back in the seat, you know, obviously in the spotlight. It was close to the arena that I used to know and be in. Um, so that was uh, really enjoyable. Uh, hopefully next year that'll kick off again. So for now, it's just, um, I've just been personal training and coaching people and I, this is about them. How can I make, how, how can I serve them? Even though they're paying me for the hour uh, where, you know, when I was fighting, you got to remember this, like I was the one smashing someone else's pads, you know, or someone else holding them for. Now all of a sudden they're trying to smash me. I'm like, Hey, the carnage doesn't get hit. <laughs> so I have to try and get past that and just let it go. And realize how much can I, you know, serve and give to these people. That, that's awesome, Nathan. And, how are you finding business? Because, you know, I know you were super focused on sport, you know, in the phys yeah. physical world. What, what's going on in your, your world of understanding business and all that? Yeah. <coughs> so, excuse me. That's a, that's a great question. You know, like the business thing for me is super difficult because I, like I said to you, I went full steam ahead into my flight career and I was my own business. I didn't have a manager I got my own sponsors. It's, I was selling tickets to fight shows. I mean, one fight show, I sold like $60,000 in tickets and tables. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, like, I mean, I was going, I was in 2010, like we had ringside tables for three grand. I sold like 14 tables and 30 ringside tickets, you know, and I was the main event fighter. So I was, I, I, I've been my own business, my own businessman towards myself as far as, you know, fighting, knowing what I need to get done you know, you know, uh, getting sponsors and, you know, making sure that they're happy and selling tickets and talking to promoters. And, you know, like I said, I didn't have a manager. I had a trainer that would sometimes get some fights, but then sometimes I'd manage some big fights and things like that. But then since not doing, not having that vehicle to do that and then getting into like, okay, I guess, you know, the big world or the real world of, business it's been a, a struggle for me because i haven't really had the education 
to that most people may have had in business to go, okay, now I'm going to do this. Now I'm going to do that. And I'm going to sort of tie it together. So it's just been like, just trying to like run like crazy all the time, just trying to pivot all the time and trying to find opportunities and try and putting it all together. So it's definitely been a journey. Yeah, that, that's powerful. And, and, you know, just a quick thing. And, you know, a lot of people on this call, uh, Nathan, have some interesting business backgrounds and might be able to be helpful. That's what this group's all about. So just, you know, we're all, we're all in the same process. Business is fun. And how do you win at business too? And how do you take that enthusiasm, you know, that sort of incredible first takedown, you know, that you have, you know, that, that instinct and put it into the business setting and all that. So uh, we're, we're glad you came out and, and spoke. We appreciate you. We're going to be in touch. Uh, really, we want to have you back at some point too, in a year or two. Just tell us how the journey's going. Absolutely, yeah. I'm a part of the part of the team now. Awesome, man. Thanks again, Nathan. Another great story in the books. Who's inspired with me, Kent? Where do people go from here? God, Justin, I'm so glad you asked me that question. Everybody today, we're so excited to have you on the show. If you're interested in our rocket fuel accelerator, if you'd like to join membership at Athletes Touch. Go to our awesome website at www.athletestouch.co and we'll see you soon. If you want to look us up on our social handles, LinkedIn and Twitter, Athletes Touch, at Athletes Touch. Thanks, guys.